Welcome to episode 10 of the Set the Tone podcast. You can follow along this wonderful journey on Twitter at setthetone underscore pod. Again, that is at setthetone underscore pod. We begin the podcast by talking what I feel is, well, a reoccurring subject, a reoccurring segment in Urban Meyer. This time, Urban Meyer is canned. Well, about 1 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on December 16th, Shad Khan had kicked Urban Meyer right out the door. The saga began maybe before the Chop House incident. Maybe it began with Tim Tebow. And not to say that Tim Tebow is the cause here or even a black mark on the Urban Meyer era, but maybe it was just a sign of things to come, right? That things are a little off. And at one point in time, I had defended the move because I thought Tebow was brought in as a bit of a slaughter, so to speak, that if Tim Tebow can get cut, well, then anybody can get cut. And it was a way to, I'll just say it pun intended, set the tone. And I don't think Urban Meyer maybe even did that. Maybe he thought Tim Tebow was a legitimate contender to be a tight end for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Turns out not to be the case. He was cut. Well, then we get into the season, and after a tough loss, Urban Meyer does not take well. He decides to fly separate of the team and go back to Columbus, see the family. Also see some young co-eds at the Urban Meyer Chop House Steakhouse. And as I had tweeted earlier, well, it was a dry aging process. It was a dry aging process of steak that Urban Meyer's tenure in Jacksonville would be up soon. And he only lasted, what are we now, week 15 in the NFL season. Urban Meyer is gone. The Jaguars are coachless. Well, Daryl Bevel will take over at this point in time, but there is a new regime. The experiment, the era is over. Really over before it got started. Gosh, poor Urban. You got to really feel bad for the guy. And then the Josh Lambeau story comes out yesterday of in the final preseason game, Urban Meyer, I'd say degrading Josh Lambeau and... Not even the fact that he called him dipshit. Not that. It's the fact that he calls him kicker and punter. Well, he calls him kicker and he called the punter punter. Right? That is my issue, is that he doesn't have the respect. And maybe certain guys tick differently by name call. It gets them going. I don't know. Whatever that may be, that's not my issue. And Again, that is an issue. Don't make it think like it's not. But that he just thinks so lowly of special teams when let's look at someone like Bill Belichick as an example whose sole focus is to win all three sides of the football and he has a high emphasis on special teams never once during this Patriots dynasty has special teams come into question whether it be Zoltan Mesko as a punter whether it be Jake Bailey as a punter whether it be Adam Venateri as a kicker we go to Steven Guskowski the list goes on and on Now, at some point, those guys became shaky, but Belichick realized an immediate need 
and made the proper adjustment because he sees that there's a high value in that sort of player. This talks about the Matthew Slaters of the world. This talks about the Patrick Chungs of the world, guys who make a name for themselves in the Bill Belichick system on special teams. It tells you there's a big emphasis here. And the fact that Urban Meyer is going to take the fourth most accurate kicker in NFL history, Josh Lambeau, and just call him kicker, a kicker, time and time again. And not only that, but goes to kicking him physical abuse while he's stretching in warm-ups of a preseason game. That is the type of guy Urban Meyer is. That he treats another professional, another peer, in that manner. He thinks that is okay. Jerome Baker of the Miami Dolphins, who went through Ohio State, tweeted, tweeted that karma is finally coming around. I wonder if this is starting to snowball. Are more stories going to come out? Are we going to learn more about what happened at Florida? Did things happen at Utah? What happened at Ohio State? Is more going to come out about the alleged stress that Urban Meyer endured? I don't know. I feel like this isn't going to be the last that we have heard from Urban Meyer. It can't be, right? He doesn't seem the guy that goes away quietly. He was on uh, Fox, Fox News Big Kickoff or Fox News Big Kick. He was on that show. He had a presence in the media. What is going to happen with Urban Meyer? The experiment was absolutely failed in Jacksonville. And maybe it's better that it happens after 14 weeks in the NFL, 13 games for Trevor Lawrence and for the team's sake. Because imagine if this went on another year. You don't really have cause probable cause to fire Urban Meyer. It's just a string of events, and obviously you can fire coaches for whatever reason, but this is a much better out where it saves face for the Jacksonville Jaguars and gives an immediate reason to cut bait. Right? Could you imagine if the Jags, ah, maybe they win one more game this year, you go to a three-win team. Next year they win six, but things still don't look good. What that does to Trevor Lawrence's development probably sets him back. Now you have an opportunity to reset. Reset with a core group of guys around Trevor. And now, this can become an attractive job. We have Trevor Lawrence here. Here's some other guys we can build around too. That's the argument that can now be made. Funny enough, that is just one zoo that has been going on in the NFL this week. The Urban Meyer saga. The other is, and I've pretty much stayed away from it because of its the political nature that it that it turns there seems to trend down is COVID nineteen in the NFL at this time though it has reared its ugly head again and has put teams in serious, serious jeopardy. I understand the NFL wanting to continue games and not delay things by a week because well the show must go on. But the problem that we run into now is with the amount of COVID positives, you do have to question the integrity of some of these games. 
Because if we look at this with a bit of a common sense angle, players that are vaccinated took the necessary steps that they needed to to what we thought at the time avoid this sort of situation are now being punished for taking the necessary steps to avoid this situation. And the NFL, right now as we record this on a Thursday night, does not seem to be cutting them any slack. That is a problem. Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk reports that the NFLPA is currently pushing aggressively for a postponement of the Raiders-Browns game on Saturday. Some in the union believe the entire season should be shut down for a week. The union is concerned about player safety and game integrity. I'm not going to talk about player safety because I don't know enough of the severity of how COVID-19 will play out on an NFL player. I'm not going to pretend to be a doctor in real life. Maybe at another point in time, I will pretend to be one on this podcast, but right now, that is not the time to do it. It's just not. But the Browns are in the throes of it. J.C. Treader, Brown Center, is also in the throes of it as he is the NFLPA president. I don't know how much of a negotiation he can do in season here. Is this more a DeMarie Smith thing? Possibly. So the Browns are dealing with the zoo of it. The Washington football team is also dealing with a headache here as well. And let's see the COVID list additions here. Chicago has a bit of a tough time. Miami, Jalen Waddell gets added to it. Seattle, Tyler Lockett's on it. The Jets have a few guys on it. Giants, not too much here. As we continually running through the list, and the football team, Washington football team does. And the bigger thing, for the Cleveland Browns is not only does Baker Mayfield come down with COVID, but now Case Keenum does. Who's going to play quarterback for the Cleveland Browns? Who's going to play for the Cleveland Browns, period? That's my question. And I don't want to cast too much blame on the NFL at this point in time because this is a situation that we all thought was avoidable But then again, you would think in preparing for a season with a pandemic still going on in the world that the NFL would exhaust every possible avenue to avoid these situations. They're in a tough spot. But what I will say the NFL is also in a spot to do is to trailblaze and to lead. You know, we're in a unique scenario with sports is that while the world kind of pauses, it does seem, at least maybe in America, and I'll take even Europe as an example, sports do kind of lead the charge. I mean, think back to March of 2020 when the NBA had decided to shut down. We kind of saw that is when the American public started to take COVID seriously. Do we now see the potential reverse, and this isn't a point one way or the other, but if leagues start to push forward and start to push past the COVID-19 stoppage and just make it a normalization in society here, does this potentially become a new norm? Do we, as a general public, accept this 
and follow along with. It's a possible way to go. And the toughest part, again, about this, we are in the height of a playoff race. The Browns and Raiders both in a playoff race, in the hunt in the AFC. The Browns still in the hunt in their division. There is a lot, a lot going on here. Not to mention, there's just great games in the NFL this week. Thursday night, Chargers-Chiefs. That is a big spot alone and on itself. Browns-Raiders, big Saturday game. Colts-Patriots, big Saturday game. Who else do we have on the docket here? Titans-Steelers, both sort of fighting. Brown, or I'm sorry, Bengals and Broncos, 7-6 and six apiece. Falcons-Niners, Ravens-Packers. Sunday night game, Bucks saints Vikings-Bears Monday night. A lot of good games down the stretch here. The NFL has a problem on their hands. Will it be fixed? We'll find out. Other events going on this weekend. We have a rematch of none other than Jake Paul, Tyron Woodley. I had the pleasure of being at the first fight as it was here in Cleveland back in August. Oh boy, the rematch, the rematch, the rematch. Will it be a zoo in, as it's hosted in Tampa? A shit show, so to speak? I don't know what to think. Uh, my take on it, I have some respect for Jake Paul. The reason being is that my my estimation or my anticipation going into the Tyron Woodley fight is that Tyron Woodley would work him whatever way he would like because he's the better athlete, he's the better combatant, and that's just a fact. You know what, though? What happened that night at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, Tyron Woodley gave Jake Paul respect. He gave him respect in that ring. I expected a full-on blitz, and for Tyron Woodley to put Jake Paul in his place, that did not happen. So the fact that Tyron Woodley gives Jake Paul respect, I think means that we all who have not given him respect should be giving him respect or, in my case, have given him respect. People who have not yet need to. There's something to be said. And I, I'm fortunate to know some people that have run through a circle of, you know, someone who knows someone but in the boxing community who knows BJ Flores, Jake Paul's trainer, the kid puts in the work. And there's something to be said for that. He does not take it lightly. So you give him credit that, you know, the old man in me says, oh, respect the sport. Right? We, we ask people in the NFL, respect the sport. Act like you've been there before. Although Jake Paul does a good sell job here in hyping this up, he does respect the sport that's at hand, and you have to give credit for that. Other news and notes, Travis Hunter. Who's Travis Hunter, you may ask? Travis Hunter has just transferred from, well, not transferred, but decommitted to Florida State and has made a commitment to Jackson State. Jackson State, a HBCU head coach by Deion Sanders. He's the number one recruit in the nation. Number one high school recruit in the nation, defensive back, going to Jackson State. I can't tell you how big of a move this is and why I like this because, number one, 
There is the name, image, and likeness aspect to it that people think it's all propped up. Deion Sanders is in bed with Barstool, and that's where the funding is from. So it's kind of a flash in the pan, and it won't really last, and this kid's not going to make the best of of what he can be. The competition's not SEC-level competition. Okay, so I like that players now have the ability to go two different schools. There's a little bit of a balance of power with these top recruits. But has anyone for a second stopped to think that, yeah, Deion Sanders may be selling the school a little bit, maybe having some nil backing with Barstool? But are we forgetting that Deion Sanders is one of the best defensive backs to ever play football? to ever play in the NFL. Right? How quickly we forget. Has it crossed anyone's mind that maybe that was a selling point to Travis Hunter? That you can not only come here and make a boatload of money that you could do anywhere else, but what other defensive back, what other top recruit is learning from Prime? What other top recruit is learning from prime time? No one. This kid has an opportunity that nobody else has at the present time. And what this also does for Deion Sanders, should he want, this shows that he can get the big recruit. This shows to now power five schools that Deion Sanders could potentially do the same that any other college football program recruiter or head coach could do should you want. I want to see how this continues to play out as it evolves throughout bowl season, as it evolves through the offseason. Do more recruits flip? Hugh Jackson is now at an HBCU. Do HBCUs now go after, think of a Randy Moss of the world? Think what other player wants to get involved. It's possible. I thank you for joining me on episode 10 here of Set the Tone, your host, Tony. You can follow along should you want at Set the Tone on Twitter. Engage with me at Set the Tone underscore pod. You want to engage, do so at Set the Tone underscore pod. Follow along, engage, enjoy the journey. We will tweet, we'll talk, enjoy the holiday season. We're going to be off here and there, but we do have some things in the works. Sponsors? Maybe. Interviews? Possibly. Have some fun. We will talk to you next on episode 11, whenever the hell that may be. And one more thing. Frank Gore is an underdog? Bet it. Cincinnati money line against Alabama? Bet it. I'll be in PA. It's legal. We'll get the wagers in.